Pastor Cook, in his absence, we love him. And uh, my wife and my other daughter will be with us tomorrow, but tonight I'm glad to have my chauffeur, even my soon-to-be uh, soon daughter who uh, I'm struggling with still. Uh, is going to get married in November, and she's going to be a Kentuckian. So pray for this young, pray for this preacher. Amen. Pray for this preacher. I have to give my, my little baby away. Amen. But I've learned to inherit a lot of bullets and, and shotguns and amen. And the Lord is my helper. Somebody said, Lord, help him. Amen. Amen. God's going to do some great things. Amen. We just returned from a revival in Texas. Over 20 received the Holy Ghost. And amen. We don't know how many were baptized. And People were healed, amen. People believed in prayer, amen. The greatest tool we have is prayer. And I'm going to be here this tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock praying with it because I'm believing God's going to do something, amen, tomorrow, and he's also going to do something on Sunday morning. Uh, but tonight, God's going to lay a foundation for us tonight, amen. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Can we agree? Somebody say amen. I want to be a part of what God is doing tonight, amen. First uh, Kings chapter 18, verse number 38, 39, when you're there, somebody said, Jesus is God. The Bible says, then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, the Lord, he is God, the Lord. He is God. Amen. I want to preach tonight, amen, with the help of the Lord, uh, about that fire. God, we need the fire to fall. We need the fire to fall. But before the fire ever fell, uh, when you read the text, it tells us that Elijah took time to repair the altar of the Lord that was broken. We want to see fire, but it's going to take sacrifice. Would you lift your hands tonight? Lord, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for what we feel. We come to restore hope in the camp. We come to rebuild up somebody's faith tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help me tonight, God. I need your help tonight, Lord. I pray that you would help us to stir up the gift tonight, God. I pray, God, that we will repair altars that are broken tonight, God, so we can see your fire fall and lives are changed tonight. And God, we promise to give you all the praise and all of the glory. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Would you turn around and shake somebody's hand? Let them know you love them. And if you're going to help that, this preacher preach, you can be seated. If not, you can remain standing so we can know who you are tonight. Amen. We need the fire. When we began to look at the word of God, we know and we can say, and some of us, can testify that we serve an awesome God. And God specializes in showing up uh, at the right time, amen, for his people. Uh, when their backs are against the wall, whether they're locked in prisons or whether they're in fiery furnaces, God always seems to show up and demonstrate his power to those who are watching. Amen. He shows up in the midst of a fiery furnace. Amen. And he delivers three Hebrew boys who were committed to serving God and were not committed to compromising their faith and belief in God. 
he shows up in the midst of a prison cell, amen, to, to rescue two men who were there on a mission, on a purpose, amen, because they stood for truth and did not compromise when their backs were against the wall. The king of glory showed up, amen. We know the story. There was a great earthquake. Foundations were shaken. Everyone bands were loose. We serve a God who specializes in letting his people know that when your back is against the wall, he may not come when you want him to, but we serve a God who will be there right on time. Amen. Doesn't matter what the doctor report may be. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis may be. When your back is against the wall, amen, the God that you serve will be there right on time. Amen. He'll show up, amen, in the midst of a storm. He'll show up in the midst of chaos. He will show up when your back is against the wall because when everything else fails, understand that he's an ever-present help in the time of need. Amen. We serve that kind of a God tonight. Amen. He is an awesome God. Amen. Well, I love this text because when you read the Bible, the Bible tells us that, that the prophet of God looks at the prophets of Baal and he said, how long halt you between two opinions? In other words, what it was saying, it's time to make up in your mind whom you're going to serve. It's time to decide right now whom you're going to serve. In other words, we're going to put everything on the line and whichever God answers by fire let him be God we live in a day and age where we are surrounded by traditions. We live in a day and age amen, where ever it seems like all amen, doctrine is being portrayed against the church. And, and if you're not careful, you will find yourself backed up in a corner. You will find yourself compromising amen, on what you believe. But I've come to preach to us tonight, friend, that we got to have a made-up mind. Understand who we serve and what we serve God for. Understand there is no other God like the God that we serve. There is no other God who can take your sins and dip them in red blood and make you white as snow. There is no other God who can down Calvary for your sins tonight. The question is, whom you're going to serve? A lie. The Bible says Moses comes down from the mountain. He's up in revival with the Lord. The Lord hears, uh, there's, a, there's a noise down going to the camp. And, and the Bible says Moses comes down and he, he takes the Ten Commandments. And he throws them in the fire and he asks this question. Who's on the Lord's side? He draws a line in the sand. In other words, Moses is saying that today you're going to have to decide whose side you're on. There is no gray areas. There's no white. There's no black. There's no in between. You've got to make up your mind right now. I'm not going to choose for you, but you've got to have revelation on which God you're going to serve. If you're going to serve the king of glory, then come to this side because no man can serve two masters. You've got to love one and you've got to hate the other. But I've come to realize that the God I serve, he's still a healer. He's still a way maker. He can take your life and put it back together again. It doesn't matter what you got going on as long as you serve Jesus. But truth be told today that there are people who don't want to serve this God. Amen. I've, I've, I've learned to realize 
that whatever takes a majority of most of your time can be your God. We live in a day and age where technology can be your God. If you're not careful, we'll let sports figures be your God. But at the end of the day, amen, those sports figures cannot save your life. Amen, those guys you don't know nothing about can't redeem your soul. The same gods that you worship in the world are going to have to bow down to this God. Because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You better make up your mind tonight. I choose to serve God. I'm going to serve the way maker. I don't care how many times you're falling. You can get back up again tonight. I don't care how many mistakes you made. You can already recover from a fall and recognize he's still moving. He's still working. He's still reaching. He's still saving. Elijah says now this is what we're going to do. It's going to be a competition. And the competition was, whichever God answers by fire, let him be God. Now, let understand something. The odds are not in his favor. The Bible says he lets them go first. He, they take the wood, the stubble, they, they dig in an altar, and they start to pray to their God. But their God did not respond. It got so bad, it got so intense where uh, they start to cut themselves and to make matters worse, the prophet begins to mock them, chastise their God. But I believe things got serious when they start cutting themselves, trying to get their God to answer them. But at that moment when they start to cut themselves, I believe the prophet had tears coming down his face. In that moment, the prophet repaired the altar of God, and he got on his hands and face. And the moment he started praying, the heavens opened up. Can I preach to you, friend? There's something great when we can repair altars and get our hands and knees and begin to pray because when we pray we'll see demonstration when we sacrifice we'll see demonstration when you worship we'll see demonstration when we clap we'll see demonstration but we'll never see demonstration without a sacrifice nine o'clock prayer meeting on a Saturday that's a sacrifice you got all kinds of things you could be doing, but you're in the house of God praying on Saturday morning. And the outside world can understand. Amen. Why you're praying on Saturday morning? It's because we want to see demonstration. We want to see our neighborhood won. We want to see backsliders come back. We gotta have demonstration. Come on. And the only way we're gonna have demonstration is when we start praying and we start sacrificing and recognize it may be Friday night, but I still got praise. I'm gonna sacrifice. It may cost me something. But God's going to get the glory. It's going to cost us something to see real hot revival. Prayer means important. So the prophet starts to pray. His back is against the wall. The odds aren't even his favor, but he starts to pray. Everyone's watching the prophet, but he starts to pray. When it didn't look good, he started to pray. And all of a sudden, the God of glory heard his prayers. 
hear me somebody hear me parents amen don't you ever think God doesn't hear your prayers your kids may be backslidden but you keep on praying you may not have two nickels to rub together but you keep on praying he may not come where they want him to but when the fire falls he's going to bring them back to an altar and when the fire falls he's going to deliver them keep on praying it may not look good but there's power in prayer The adversary knows that there's power in prayer. That's why he's going to convince you to don't pray. Don't worship. Don't shout. There's nothing to that. But understand, it's a sacrifice. Amen. The Bible says, now unto him, let us offer up the sacrifice of praise. It doesn't look good, but it's a sacrifice. Amen. God's well pleasing that. You may have to worship by yourself, but God's getting pleasure when I worship him. Come on. I don't care if it's Friday night. I got to stir up something on the inside to see the fire fall. He starts to pray and all of a sudden the heavens and the fire falls. But Notice what happens. All those non-believers all of a sudden bowed their faces to the ground and they confessed that the God of Elijah, he truly is God. Hear me, friend, tonight I'm preaching. I'm trying to rally up the troops. I'm trying to let somebody know tonight, friend, we've got to pray to the firefalls. I don't care, it takes it long, all day long. You've got to pray until the heavens open up. You've got to pray until somebody gets healed. You've got to pray until prison doors open. You've got to pray until somebody received the Holy Ghost. You can't play games. It's time to pray. It's time to fast. It's time to sacrifice. We know how far are we willing to go to see the fire fall. Everybody wants to see the fire, but nobody wants to sacrifice. We want to see the fire. We want to see those healed, but we don't want to take the time to get our hands and knees and repair that altar that's been broken. You see, repairing the altar is not an overnight thing. It takes time, and it takes effort, and it takes commitment. Because if you're going to see the fire fall, it's going to take time to get on your hands and knees. Amen. Get down in the dirt and begin to pray to a God who hears your prayers. It'll take time to pray in the face of adversity. When people say give up, don't stop, stop praying. Amen. It takes commitment. Amen. To pray in the face of a wicked world. It takes commitment to pray in the face of a hell-bound world. Because the church realizes that when we come together and lift up one voice, make it one sound, then the heavens begin to shake and the heavens open up and we see demonstration and we see miracles and we see sacrifice. But it's going to cost us something. We just left Texas preaching a revival. We gathered together in that room on Sunday morning and we begin to pray. Tears screaming down faces and we begin to pray. We prayed and we prayed and we walked out in that sanctuary and the Holy Ghost met us and the fire fell. 
People getting the, getting the Holy Ghost. People getting baptized. Come back that night, we start praying again because we realize that we come together and we pray when we seek the kingdom of God and we lay our issues and pride aside and we pray, amen, the God of heaven hears us and he comes down. I want you to know Sunday night we were baptizing people left and right. We went back Monday, we start praying and the Holy Ghost met us again. We baptized more, they received the Holy Ghost. We showed up on Tuesday, there was a Spanish guy there who didn't know English and God said, you thought I'd done something Sunday and God filled it with the Holy Ghost. Come on, when we get serious about this thing we will see them coming from the highways and the byways when we get serious about this thing he'll get a hold of your mother-in-law your father-in-law the in-laws and the outlaws but it's going to cost you something sacrifice and not doors with the stomach stomach on your face it's a sacrifice to pass out that track. But we want to see his glory. It's a sacrifice. The devil said they don't want to hear that. But you keep on telling them about Jesus. You keep on telling them about this God who answers by fire. Who reaches down to the guttermost. And he'll pick you up. Doesn't matter how far you're falling. You tell them about what God can do. Because what God's done for you. He wants to do the same for them. So God will put you in places not for your glory. Come on, I'm preaching to people that you seem like the way the way the world's on your shoulder. Hear me. You don't know who's watching you. You've invited him to church and they haven't come yet, but now the weight of the world is on your shoulders. And they're looking to see how you're gonna respond when all hell is on your shoulders. The first thing we do, brother Nathan, the first thing we do is we pray, God, get me out of this. But have we ever stopped to think the reason God's got you in that situation is not for your own benefit or your glory? But it could possibly be the reason God got some of you in a storm right now is because those are folks around you who are watching you to see how you respond. I'm preaching to somebody right now that walked in here on Friday night and you can't understand, Lord, why am I walking through this lonely valley? Why am I in this pit? It's because there's somebody watching you looking to see how you respond to the current situation that you're in. How are you going to handle the sickness? We talk about this, God. I've learned that a lot of people come to church not to hear a preacher preach, not to hear Brother Chris sing, even though, man, he can sing ABCs and folks get the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, I've learned that people will come to church. The folks that you invite to church will come to church to see how you respond to the God that you witness to them about. Now, when you invite somebody to church, you say, my God's a great God. And you come in here and sit down, the first thing they're going to say, well, is that how good your God is? Your God must not be that great. You may invite them to church. You may clap your hands every now and then. And they might say, well, he's okay, God. But when you walk in this house and they sit down beside you and you just can't sit down there and start looking you up and down and they can't figure out what's wrong with you, it's because they're starting to feel like the same God who did something.
something for their life. The same God who put their marriage back together. The same God who delivered them from cancer. The same God who brought them from a bar stool. The same God who touched their mind. If he did it for them, he can do the same for me right now. I'm preaching today. We got to have demonstration. We got to have fire. We got to have hand clapping. We got to have old passion prayer. I was preaching early this year in Alabama. And this dear sister came in the church and she prayed every day. Her request was, preacher, I pray that God get a hold of my mother. Mother was backslidden, kids are backslidden. She was the only one coming to church and she prayed, I pray God just get a hold of my family. She gave this request every single day. But Nathaniel, I noticed that last night there was something different about her attitude. She would come into the church and she wouldn't zero in on nobody. She would walk around to the front of the altar and throw her hands in the air. Tears would scream down her face. Didn't look good. She was the only one coming to church. People would criticize her because they're trying to take offering, but she's still praying. People would run her down because she's there early praying. Oh, she kept on, she come back the next night, she kept praying. But can I tell you that he may not come when you want him to, but he's a God that will be there on time. Now, God ever gave you a word, you, God ever gave you a word, and you sort of said, well, Lord, maybe I, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and told me to tell her, uh, sis, because you have worshiped God in this house. He said, I'm going to go take care of things at your house. And I told her that, brother, Nathan, the devil said you're a liar. It'll never happen, you hypocrite. You go home and be quiet. You'll never come back. I went home. Got a phone call a couple weeks later. She said, the pastor said, Brother Harper, you got I said, yeah, he said, said, let me tell you what's going on. We're in the midst of revival. I said, that's great. He said, no, no, no. You don't know what's taking place. You don't know how this revival kicked off. He said, this is an in-home revival. We don't have no hot shot evangelists here. This is an in-home revival. We're having prayer meeting. He said, you know the young lady who kept coming and kept coming? And you get it. I said, yes. He said, what you don't realize was just a couple weeks later, while we were having prayer meeting, while we were having prayer meeting, while people were praising God it didn't look good it was raining outside but somebody got a hold of glory and the fire fell in that house and God went to her house and her mom got the Holy Ghost and her kid I'm preaching right now when we get serious and stop playing games and when we start praying and seek his face we'll see demonstration like we've never seen Come on, throw your hands in there right where you are right now. It takes time. It takes dedication. I'm preaching to some moms in this house. You've got some backsliding kids. And the devil says, stop praying. You keep praying. You keep trusting. You keep believing. In the face of adversity, when your back is against the wall, he may not come when you want him to. But trust me, the heavens are getting ready to open. And the fire is going to fall. Sacrifice. I believe. See, you got to look at this thing from a spiritual perspective. Because if you look at these pews from a natural perspective, you get frustrated. Because all you see is empty pews and 
who should be here, who should be here. But what I see is a whole sanctuary full of people. Brother Harper, what are you talking about? I see a sanctuary full of people. How? Because there are faithful people who've been praying. And we serve a prayer answering God. And even though you may not see it, the Bible says we walk by faith. I don't have to see it to believe it. I just hear a sound of an abundance of rain. I don't have to see it to believe it. I'm starting to smell smoke. I'm starting to hear a sound. There's an earthquake coming. And your mama's coming out of prison. And your kids getting off drugs. You don't have to see it. Just believe. He's able. Come on, stand right now where you are. I want you to stand. I want you to throw your hands in the air right now. We don't need music. We need commitment right now. We don't need music. We need committed folks. Because where God has taken this church, everybody doesn't want to go. Because it's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you something. And I realize that people struggle with commitment. We live in a day and age where commitment is not a popular thing. Give up on the marriage. Give up on the kids. Give up on life. Give up, give, up, give up on God. That's why suicide is at all time high because life isn't worth living. Can I tell somebody in this building that your life matters to God? You matter to God. You are very vital in the kingdom. I don't care how many mistakes you made. Truth be told, we all got some dirt in our fingers. And none of us are perfect. But we did come to the perfect cross where we obtained mercy. And I don't care how much you've fallen. There's still room at the cross tonight. You can be repaired. Amen for your broken tonight. I don't care where you may find yourself. There's still room at the cross. It's going to take commitment. It's going to take sacrifice. How many want to see God's demonstration? I want to see God demonstrate his power in your family. How many got some backs to the level? How many of this devil told you to stop praying? Can I throw you some scripture? The devil is a liar. And not just a liar, but the father of lies. He knows exactly what's going to happen. If you keep praying, he's got a stronghold on your kids. I'm, I'm preaching to people in this building tonight. I can feel that you've got a spirit of heaviness on you. You walk in this spirit, everything looks fine on the outside, but you've got the heaviness, the weight of the world. I'm preaching to you right now that in this house you can obtain mercy, that he's going to give you a garment of praise for that heaviness. You're not going home the same way you came because the fire is getting ready to fall. You're not going home shackled up in your mind. You're not going home depressed tonight. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know holds who holds right now. And the Holy Ghost is in this house to set your mind free right now. Come on, throw your hands in the air in this house. Come on, that's it. Throw your hands. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. I told you tonight was a groundbreaking service. God is setting the stage. He's trying to, if we want to see demonstration tomorrow, as a matter of fact, if we want to see demonstration tonight, it's going to take commitment. 
Now, while you got your hands in the air, I don't want you looking around. But you hear this preacher. I'm so confident right now. Brother Nathaniel, that I can walk in this congregation and tap folks on the shoulder. Because what I'm going to say next is exactly what you're going through. I can walk over to you and tap you on the shoulder because you know I'm talking to you. If you're in this house and you've been fighting hell, you've got that spirit of heaviness on your shoulders. I want you to throw your hands in the air right now. Come on. I'll, listen, I'll come get you. We, we, we're, we're trying to fight that spirit right now. Because the devil knows if I can keep the pressure on them, if I can keep the weights in their life, if I can keep the strongholds in their life, they won't pray like they should pray. And they won't worship like they worship. And they won't be committed. But tonight we come to rebuke that spirit. We're getting rid of the weights. We're getting rid of the strongholds. We're laying down the heaviness. We're casting down those spirits. Because God's getting ready to do something in your life. So here's what I want you to do. Those of you who lifted your hands, I want you to do my favor. I want you to leave that pew. Come on. Don't, you don't have to wait. We're not perfect people that's coming. Because truth be told, God is still working on us all. Come on. Come on. Come on. You don't have to wait. Come on. Press your way in this building. Because I realize this. The first thing the enemy attacks is not your praise. Not your worship. Not your kids. Not your finances. But the first thing he attacks is your mind. So many people around this country that you don't know of that are fighting things in their mind. I just talked to a pastor this morning. Young man in his church, 16 years old, committed suicide. Fighting things. This, folks, this thing is real. The devil wants to control your mind because if he can control your mind, he'll control your heart. Therefore, your actions will speak louder than your words. He's going to get your mind. But Jesus comes back and said, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. So what I want you to do is I want you to take your hands and place your hands on your mind. Place them on your head. I said, come on, no matter who you are, place them on your head. I'm going to pray right now, God. Touch every mind. Come on, help God touch every mind right now in this building. God, he's warned against our minds trying to confuse us. The attacks are real in our minds, but we rebuke that spirit right now. We bind that spirit right now. We loose that spirit right now, God. Touch our minds tonight, God. Amen. God, touch our minds tonight. We're not going to be weary tonight, Lord. Touch our minds. Touch our decisions. Touch our hearts tonight, God. Get us back to an altar. Get us back to an altar. Get us back to grace. Get us back to mercy. Get us back to prayer meeting. That's it. Come on, lift your voice. In the name of Jesus, you will have victory. In the name of Jesus, you have you will have joy. In the name of Jesus, your family will be saved. In the name of Jesus, the backslider is coming back. In the name of Jesus, your body will be healed. Because when my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, get on their hands and knees and pray and seek the face of God. Come on, lift your voice. 
That's it, lift your voice. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray against every stronghold. We pray against every shackle. We pray against every weary saint. I pray against every battle warrior. I pray deliverance in this house. We pray breakthrough in this house. We pray deliverance in the house. Before the fire ever fell, before there was ever demonstration, the prophet took time with his back against the wall. He took time to get on his hands and knees and repair the altar of the Lord. Took time, it took dedication, it took commitment. It took sacrifice. But when he started to pray in the face of adversity, then the fire fell. See, you can pray when everything's going good, but can you pray when your back is against the wall? Can you pray when you're in the face of adversity? Can you pray when the odds are not in your favor? Can you give your hands and knees and pray when those kids are out of the ark of safety? It may not look good. All you see is the doom gloom of society. All you see is the spiritual storms. But can you still pray not knowing the outcome? Can you still pray understanding that he knows the way that you take? And when you come out, The problem is we get lost in between God gives us a word and the fulfillment of that word. We get lost because we want God to come when we want him to or answer the prayer, deliver the kids when we want him to. God doesn't work like that. The Bible says we walk by faith. David said, yea, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm going to walk through this thing. Knowing God is with me. I don't care what's going to happen. I'm still going to walk through. Hear me, somebody in the Holy Ghost. You just got to walk through that storm. You've got to walk through that valley. Knowing that he's the author and the finisher of your faith. You got to well, you got to walk through the trial. Walk through the chaos. Amen. Walk through the sickness. Walk through the bad diagnosis. Because God has your best interest at hand. But the key is, you get revelation when you walk through the storm. You get revelation when you go through the fire. You get revelation on just how good God is. I want you to lift your hands one more time in this building. And we're going to pray. This time I want you to pray in faith. I I don't want you to ask God for nothing. I want you to pray in faith. So you got to see things as God sees things. God, thank you for my backsliding kids in the back row. Preacher, they're not here. Thank you, God, for my friends that are coming. You don't see it, but thank you, God, that they're on the way. I thank you, God, for the cook down the, down the road at Burger King who's on the way. We don't sit, but she's on the way. How? Because my response says, I don't see it, but I believe it. Why are you acting that way, preacher? Because I see a house full of backsliders. I see a house full of ex-alcoholics. I see a house. Preacher, come on. 
all things become possible. Elijah began to pray. I said, come on, sorry, go ahead and pray. And he began to pray. We want demonstration, but God, we got to pray. The Bible says it's not about words of man's wisdom. It's not by fancy words, but if anything's going to happen, it's going to come by demonstration of the Spirit and the power of God. doesn't matter how eloquent we preach or how our words are. No, if anything's going to happen. If your family's going to be saved, if your body's going to be healed, if God's going to answer those prayers, it's only going to come, amen, by demonstration of the power and the Spirit of God. And the good news is the power and the Spirit of God is in this house right now. And if you need a healing of the house, I wish you'd throw your hands in the air. If you need a breakthrough in the house, just throw your hands in the air. If you need the Holy Ghost tonight, just throw your hands in the air and just believe. Come on, attract his glory. Come on, when you wave your hands, you're trying to attract his glory. We need glory in our homes. I need glory in my marriage. I need glory in my mind. I need glory in my steps. I need glory in my mind. I need glory in my heart. Everywhere I go, I need the glory of God. And it comes by prayer. Come on, that's it. Pray. Come on, dig a little bit deeper. Go a little bit deeper. Come on. If we're going to have revival, it's going to take more than just shallow prayers. If you want to see the Holy Ghost move, it's going to take more than just shallow prayers. You got to go deep things in God. You got to go further in God. You got to go places in God you've never been. If you want to see demonstration, it's going to cost you sacrifice. You got to see the deep things of God tonight. Come on, lift your voice. Lift your voice. (laughs) 